the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's going on, Jimmy? You sound very chill, brother. The last couple episodes, you've been chill. It's got me chill. You know, it's a good example of the people that you surround yourself with. You kind of take on the same traits, so... I'm glad. But how you doing? You're dressed up in a suit right now. Well, I had to get dressed real fast for federal court. I thought I was attending a telephonic hearing and it turned out to be on camera. So I had to put on my YouTube clothes. You have your uh, back of the door jacket on. So well, mm-hmm. you don't have the jacket on now, but you did. So, all right. So we are going to get started with our guest today. It's Dorna Moini. She is the CEO and founder of Gavel, Gavel io a no-code platform for building document automation and client-facing legal products. Prior to starting Gavel, Dorna was a litigator at Sidley Austin. There, in her pro bono practice, she worked with legal aid organizations to build a web application for domestic violence survivors to complete and file their paperwork, which led to the idea for Gavel. Dorna, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Tyson and Jim. I love your podcast, so excited to be speaking with you both. Dorna, you're sitting there at Sidley in Austin. You're living the good life, I assume. You're a big time lawyer and there's some thought that pops in your mind that things might be different, that you might do something differently. Walk us through that time frame of your experience. Definitely. I never actually planned on leaving the law firm life and going and starting a legal tech company. I always thought that I would go into the law firm, you know, continue and was always thinking about partner track. But I originally went to law school because I, I wanted to do human rights work. And so even at a law firm, I was doing a lot of pro bono work on the side. And one of the areas of law that I did a lot of pro bono work in at the time when I was at Sidley was domestic violence law. And so I was finding that, you know, as a, as a law firm associate, you don't have as, as much time as you'd love to spend on some of your pro bono cases. And I was finding a lot of my time was being spent on the routine and process oriented parts of the case. And I wasn't finding as much time to represent people in hearings, take on their appeals, you know, some of the, the pieces that technology really can't handle. And so I really wanted to build an application, like a legal app. Something sort of like TurboTax, but for domestic violence survivors so that they could get onto the platform, answer questions, be routed down different paths, 
and then generate the documents that they needed in their case and then e-file them and you know potentially talk to an attorney about it afterwards. So I'm not a technical person by background. I'm not an engineer. And so what I did is I got together with a friend of mine who was an engineer and I said, hey, do you want to help me build this tool that I want to build to enhance my practice? And so we did that. We built it. We launched it. We actually got a ton of users on the platform, both in the as consumers, like consumers who would just come onto the platform and use it sort of like you would TurboTax, but also within our firm, pro bono attorneys and with the legal aid organizations that we partnered with. And we got a little bit of press for this uh, domestic violence tool. And what happened was we started getting all this inbound interest from other lawyers in other jurisdictions wanting to build similar tools. So for example, in the first day that this one article came out about us, there was someone in Malaysia who wanted to build a child support tool. Someone in Arkansas wanted to build an eviction defense tool. Someone in Canada wanted to build a divorce tool. And they all wanted us to help them build these platforms because they also didn't have the technical expertise. And so that was sort of the aha moment for what we started out as we called it Document, but now it's called Gavel. We rebranded recently and we wanted to empower legal experts to be able to take their knowledge and turn it into legal products, like online legal software products. And so I, I always say this in like a sentence, you know, you asked me, how, what was it like? What was that transition like? And, and I always just say, oh, and then I started, uh, I, I went to go do this full time, but it was definitely a very difficult decision. I mean, I'd been working for seven years, you know, you get a steady paycheck at a law firm and I was deciding to go leave and and have my bank account go down every two weeks to pay an engineer instead of up every two weeks. So I figured if I didn't take the risk then that I never would. And I could always go back to the law firm and knock on their door and ask them to take me back. <laughs> you know, I've always wondered what it's like to like do a startup, right? And someone posted the other day about like, based when you start a law firm, you, it's a startup. But I actually really want to know what it's like to like a tech startup, like what it's like. So what is that process like? Do you take on money from angel investors? All the kinds of like, well, like, walk it, like, tell me about that stuff. Cause I'm really curious about that stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I will agree with you that I think a lot of people underestimate how much starting a law firm is very much starting a, a startup as well. But what struck me first when I started this legal tech company was just honestly how little I knew and how many different functions there were to be filled. So the engineering piece is very clear. You know, I didn't have any technical background and I was now managing at first, you know, one engineer at first and that was growing, but I was doing this in an area that I wasn't an expert in. Whereas I think in a law firm, you know, everything that everyone who's junior to you knows. So that was something that managing people who have a different technical expertise or a different expertise or have more knowledge in an area than you do. That was definitely a, a learning curve. And then I just was wearing lots of different hats, you know, like product marketing, sales, and learning all about that. In terms of, you know, you asked like investment. So I decided not to take investment at the, in the very early days, but rather sort of just paid my one or two engineers at the very beginning to build out of my savings. Obviously, that's always ends up being a personal decision as to how much you, ownership you want to give up versus going the venture route early on. But once we actually had traction and we had customers and we had a product, that's when we decided to take on some funding. So we took on some seed funding and it was probably about a year after we started. And then we raised a little bit more from some investors last year too. Dorna, what's like the typical case use? Like when do people come to Gavel? Like what would be 
the signs that a lawyer who has built out some systems might start thinking about working with Gavel? Yeah. So I would actually put them into three different buckets. One is internal use. So, and this is probably most attorneys could use Gavel for internal use. So you have process or document automate, basically document automation. You have documents or process that you want to automate and you need a tool that is both easy to use and that you can set up yourself if you want to, and that is robust and gives you the full functionality of adding all kinds of logic into your documents. So that's the way that usually people get in the door. And it really applies to so many areas of law, but I would say the ones that we see most frequently are state planning, family, real estate, anything corporate, anything really transactional. So we see a lot of people coming in and not even making a client facing yet. That's the first way. Second is you want to use it in some form of client-facing way. So maybe you are doing client intake through the platform, but then you're still generating the work product on your end by and not, not showing the client that that's the full work stream. So you send out a link to a Gavel workflow, for example, clients fill out their information, data comes back to you, you press a button, your initial version of your documents are generated. And then the third bucket, which is what we are most excited about and we really think is the future of legal services is taking your expertise and turning it into something that you can actually provide to members of the public and scale out your own practice. And that's where we see a lot of attorneys on our platform generating much more revenue than they would have been able to if they were operating on the billable hour model, because they're able to build something which takes a lot of upfront work and a lot of their expertise and building that all out into the system but then they can charge on in different ways. They can charge, you know, flat fees, subscription fees, pay-per-use fees, and that allows their practice to scale a lot faster than needing to be there for every single billable hour. And I can give you some examples of that if you're curious on, you know, what are some people actually doing out in the field? <laughs> I actually, I would love to hear that. I'm, I'm on your website. Your website's beautiful, by the way. It's a really cool website. And like, there was like, I went onto a new page and there was like, like streamers and stuff or whatever that was. It was really cool. Oh, that's because of the rebrand. So we just recently rebranded to Gavel. And so we are throwing out confetti to celebrate that rebrand. <laughs> Very cool. Let's hear some of those use cases though. I, I am curious about that. Yeah. So in terms of that, that third bucket, you know, the legal products which is taking your legal services and turning it into an online legal legal service. It's been estimated that in the next 10 years, about 90% of legal services are going to be delivered online in some way. And so we see Gavel as really being the infrastructure for enabling lawyers to interact with their clients in that business model. And a few, it can be, it really runs the gamut in terms of who your customer could be. So we have consumer use cases. We have small and medium-sized businesses as the end user, meaning the lawyer is serving small medium-sized businesses, and we have lawyers who are serving enterprise customers. So in that first bucket, maybe there are a few that some people might be familiar with, a company called Landlord Legal, a company called Hello Divorce, another one that I love called Horse Law. And they basically have built TurboTax, but for those particular areas of law on Gavel. So Landlord Legal is a tool for landlords, who have residential property agreements that they need to provide and they provide that on a subscription basis. Hello Divorce as a divorce platform that they provide through the technology piece on the back end through Gavel. And then there is Horse Law, which is actually, uh, I always 
find it cool when you have these areas of law that I never even knew existed, but they facilitate buying and selling horses. And so they have a platform that they've built for that purpose as well. And then in SMB and enterprise, we have a customer, Just Tech, who is creating data breach reporting tools for SMB, and they've created an automated tool to serve their customers. And then we have another customer, LCN Legal, who is doing transfer pricing, also another area of law that I'd never heard of until interacting with them, but they serve large corporations, big law firms, and accounting firms. So really limitless what you can build. We're lucky in Maximum Lawyer that a lot of our members are forward-looking. I don't think enough of us are forward-looking enough, but I would love to hear, what do you think, Dorna, most lawyers don't understand about what's coming? I think that a lot of lawyers, especially, I think this happens more at larger firms, they are stuck with something that is working right now, and they don't think as much about how rapidly the consumer expectations are developing. And so one of those is how much human to human interaction, live human to human interaction people need. So I think people, a lot of the lawyers I speak with, they want to keep that personal touch with their customers and they're trying to figure out a way to do that. And it doesn't always necessarily have to be that you have them come into your office and you you know provide them that kind of full service. But a lot of times they want to have an online tool, but they want to be, they want to feel empowered. So they want to actually feel like they're part of the process. So they don't necessarily want you to do everything for them, but they actually want you to facilitate their learning about what the legal process is so that they feel like they're educated, but you've also helped them out with that. And I think a lot of that can be done through online platforms and making legal services more digitally convenient as opposed to always needing that to be in person. I think you made a really good point there. Ryan McKean, who's a, a buddy of ours, he had a LinkedIn post not too long ago and he talked about how Amazon has changed things and how we've been conditioned for the last two decades now, more than that, to like things like come in two days, right? So people want things right away. And so the change in the mindset over the last two decades plus has been quite stark. So I do want to talk about like more about the future of law. Like there is a lot of fear, I think, when it comes to like estate planning attorneys and a lot of document driven law firms like that they may get replaced. And I, I don't necessarily believe that that's true, but I do think that the way we work is going to change drastically over the next five years, drastically, absolutely drastically. But I, I just wonder what your thoughts are, if you can expand a little bit more on what you were talking about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think a lot of people think of these changes and the introduction of automation and technology as being a threat, but I would really challenge them to think about it as more of an opportunity. There is, I think the stat is that 92% of Americans don't have access to legal services that they critically need. And that's the, you know, what we call the access to justice gap. There is actually a lot of opportunity in that access to justice gap for attorneys who are generating revenue and building profit, creating firms, not just legal aid organizations. And I think that comes from changing our business model in the same way that, you know, Amazon came on and is providing all sorts of products online at a lower cost than you may have been able to provide them before, but they're generating so much revenue on scale. Attorneys can do the same. Instead of thinking about the billable hour as the, the be all end all for how you bill, if you think about these other models of pricing, you can use automation to your advantage and actually scale out your practice much more. So I think there's a lot of fear, but there's a lot of opportunity 
that people aren't thinking about when they strike that fear. The Zapathon is back. If you're new around here, the Zapathon is the OG automation workshop. At this next exclusive guild event, we're partnering up with Maximum Lawyer's good friend, Kelsey Bratcher, to bring you a day and a half automation workshop. The idea of automation is simple, right? Identify a repeatable pattern of tasks and then use technology so that business process can happen without you. But setting up that technology can be daunting, time consuming, and even have a steep learning curve. Join us in person and you'll create automations on site that will start working for you before you even leave Austin. Join the guild today and grab your ticket at maxlawevents.com. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today is Dorna Moini. She's the CEO and founder of what was Documate, which is now Gavel. Let's flip that on its head. How can technology help small law firm owners compete with the big plotting firms that you came from? Like, How is life right now for big law and how are we as lawyers who have our own shops able to disrupt? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it comes down to scale again. Like when I was at a big firm, I worked for there for about seven years. When I first came in, I remember we could put anything on a bill and clients would pay for it. That has changed drastically. Clients are pushing back. They want more work done for less money. Pricing is becoming a lot more transparent, except for maybe bet the company litigation or like a really huge transaction. It's less about the brand of the firm who you're hiring and more about actually doing your due diligence on what the quality of service you're going to get is. And so I know that a lot of people I speak with, at least in the business community, they are wanting to find firms who are operating in an efficient way, who are using technology in their practice and who are going to provide them a long-term scalable solution. And so I think that provides a huge opportunity for smaller firms to compete with the bigger firms. Do you think that any of the specific legal industries will be completely disrupted? Like, for example, when it comes to case law research, like are companies like Westlaw and Lexis, are they in real trouble? Because I mean, to me, I feel like those are the companies that may get cannibalized. Yeah, definitely. I don't know as much about the legal research space, but from what I've seen, it does seem like there are a lot of tools that are coming out. And that's the one space where it seems like AI maybe has the most potential. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh my God, AI is going to take over all of the legal, the legal world. And I'm, I'm a pretty skeptical person in general, but I would say that legal research feels like it's one of those places where there are some tools that are actually making an impact and are helping lawyers operate a lot more efficiently. And so some of those tech companies, I think are going to be put out, you know, maybe not put out of business, but at least had their market share reduced or are going to need to think differently about their business models. And, but I, again, I feel like on the attorney side, it just provides another opportunity to build differently, to serve more clients, to practice at the top of your license. How do you spend your days? How do you prioritize? How do you balance all the things that you got going on, Dorna? Yeah, that's a good question. I wear so many hats right now within my business. And so a lot of my time is spent as our team is growing. A lot of my time is spent with my team and really just managing the different functional leaders in our, in our organization to, to help us grow. We are doing a lot on the product side. We are, we're basically, we basically release new features at least every two weeks, sometimes much more. We're moving towards even more. And so a lot of my time is spent talking to customers planning out product, and then putting that into action with our engineering team and really understanding what the landscape is that lawyers want to see inside of our platform. 
That's awesome. I love that. All right, Dorner. So we are approaching our time on this. So I, I do want to begin to wrap things up. Before I do, I want to remind everyone to join us in the big Facebook group. It's free to join. There are over 6,000 law firm owners. Join us there. Just a lot of great information being shared every day. If you want a more high-level conversation, join us in the Guild. Go to maxlawguild.com. That's maxlawguild.com. And while you're listening to our tips and our hacks of the week, please give us a five-star review. Helps us spread the love. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? When you and I were doing 75 Hard, it came with a great app, and I thought the app was great at keeping track and for accountability purposes. And when I finished 75 Hard, I sort of missed that, but I found an app called Streaks that allows you to put in 24 different things that you want to keep track of, and you can keep track of if there's something you want to do daily, something you want to do every day of the week, something you want to do once a week, you can set up the timer for it and everything. And the app gives you that little red dot at the start of each day of how many things you have to do that day. And as you do them, that number goes down and then, you know, it does little dancey, you know, little light ups when you finish one section or all your stuff. So it's called Streaks. It's on the iPhone. I don't, I don't know if it's on Android, but I really have enjoyed using it every day. You do like that app. You talk about that app quite a bit. So very cool. I've not looked at it. It seems like it's very gamified, which is good. So that's very cool. All right, Dorna, we warned you that we're going to ask for a tip or a hack of the week for everyone. And so what is your tip or hack of the week? Yes. So mine is sort of more of a, a statement or a motto, and it relates to legal productization. So I think a lot of times when people are thinking about building either a new business or a new business model or a legal product, toughest part is how do I get started? And so I would say, think big, start small and iterate rapidly. And that applies also to the startup world. So think big, have a really big vision for what you want to build and think several, many, many years out as to what you want it to become. But when you start out, start with something small. So start with you know one audience, one jurisdiction, one very specific area of law, if it's, if it's a legal product and really master and perfect that so you can get feedback. And then finally, iterate rapidly because once you get that feedback, you will make modifications and changes to make it fit and become successful. And that will help you to your vision of making it this much larger scale project. I love it. That's really good stuff. For my tip of the week, I'm going to, since I changed mine because Jim gave one that's similar to 75 hard. So I figured I'd, I would at least give people an option. And cause that's because of our buddy, Jason Selk. I feel like we've like, Jason Selk has like become like the new Ryan McKean, even though we mentioned Ryan McKean on the episode again today, but he's become like Ryan McKean where we mentioned him quite a bit, but he does have a new app called level up out. And I, and I don't, I actually don't know if this is out to the public. I think you may have to actually contact his office to get this. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I know I got an email about it and it's called level up. It's very similar to what, uh, 75 hard is. It's very similar to what Jim's talking about. And actually I found the website. It's levelupgameplan.com, levelupgameplan.com. And it's very similar. It can be used on an iPhone or an Android. I do know that it's done through the website, very similar to the way Filevine is where it's not necessarily an app. It's done through the browser. So level up. If you want some sort of app to help you stay motivated and keep you focused, those are a couple apps for you. Dorna, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. It's different having someone that's not a law firm owner coming on, but it's really cool seeing what you're doing. The website's really neat. It looks like the stuff that you're doing is awesome. So I, I recommend that people check it out. Go to gavel.io. But Dorna, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Great being here. Bye, guys. See you, Dorna. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, more content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Maximum 
Have a great week and catch you next time.